can't believe you two took that raving lunatic seriously. What do you think this is? <laughs> Good, I like your shirt, man. <laughs> Representing New York. That's right, you are. You are. That's cool. How's it going over there, man? It's going. You know, same as usual. Uh, uh, people staying in, people going out, you know, trying to figure out what it's kind of like that, you know, balancing act of should I go out? Should I stay home? Or if yeah. I stay home, where can I go? Where it's safe? It's it's a little little nutty still, but um, our um, stores aren't open though, right? Just a few places, like um, like restaurants. Some, some restaurants have like you know takeout service and uh, yeah, but like that's it. Supermarkets. Yeah. Target. No, like yes, yeah. Like not though like anything else. Like um no retail, no 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 nobody's really gone back to work yet. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer, man. I um I have a lot of friends out there in New York who are just really going through a hard time, you know. Yeah, it's uh <clears throat> it is um it is a very difficult situation, especially when it's so much is up in the air. Like, you know, so it's, it's tough to know what, you know, next week is going to be like, let alone next month, next year. You know what I mean? So, so thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you, man. And, um, you know, so let's jump into this real. So, so you were born, you're, you, you were born here in New York city. Yeah, I was born and raised in New York, lived in Manhattan basically all my life. Um, just moved here to L.A. about a year ago uh, to work on some projects. Um, it'll probably stay here a few years, and then I may come back to New York. I'll see what happens. Right. Um, but, yeah, no, I've lived in New York all my life, man. <clears throat> so did you uh, – so were you one of the – those people who are going to um, like performing arts schools or like what type of high school were we at? Like a regular public school or? No, I did. Well, I did go to, to some public schools when I was in elementary, but then high school, I went to two different schools. I went to music and art. Mm-hmm. Oh, you did? Fame, yeah, which was the fame school. And then I went to um, another artsy school on the east side called Steiner. Oh, you went to Steiner? I know Steiner, sure. Yeah, so that was interesting. Yeah, that yeah. Was, so was yeah. <clears throat> so so like um, so. What did your were your parents musicians? Like how? Like were like was this an artistic type family or? Yeah, my father was. Uh, he was not technically a musician, but he was uh, a music lover. Mm. Uh, so he was obsessed with music and theater. Uh, my mom was as well. Uh, my mom was kind of like a Sunday painter, you oh. know. So um, yeah, so the arts was in the family. Yeah. So um, where did where where did uh, where did you begin your 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 road toward 
music? Where, when did you start getting into music? Started in childhood because I had older brothers. So I had older brothers who were playing all this cool music in the seventies and eighties when I was a kid. So I knew all the, you know, I knew all the music, you know, I mean, oh, wow. I, I grew up listening to like Led Zeppelin and the Beatles and Stones and, mm. you know, um, Stevie Wonder. Uh, remember my brother had the album um, Inner Visions. Oh yeah. And oh man, that he played yeah. that over and over again. And my father was very into, um, classical music and some jazz. So I was listening to all sorts of music. I was listening to everything. So I was raised with, and then my mother was into like Latin music. Okay. So, so I how many up, brothers, in, like are there all brothers? Or how many uh, brothers? Two older brothers. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, I grew up with all sorts of music all day, all day, all night. So I couldn't escape it. I had no chance. I had no choice. <laughs> you had no choice to be cut. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I familiar. My, like growing up, my mom also would always uh, play. We always had music playing in the house. <laughs> always some looks, inner visions, you know, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, you know, yeah. all of these Motown artists that we, you know, I grew up with that. So, so surprised I didn't get into music. I really wanted to. Um, yeah, yeah. So you began studying guitar and piano around the age of 11. Were you good? Yeah, yeah. So I was taking lessons at 11 for guitar. I started at nine with piano. And then uh, I just started to like learn, like listen to songs, just learn how to play them. And by high school, I was playing in bands and in college, you know. What kind of bands? Like, what kind of music were the bands? It was mostly rock bands, you know. When I was a kid, it was mostly rock bands, you know. It wasn't until later that I got better, older. After college, I started to play in some jazz bands. Oh, nice. Then, then, and that gets more complicated, you know, because <laughs> it's, well, it's much more complex music in a way. Right. It's much more complex. It's much more difficult. Um, rock songs are usually three or four chords, you know. <laughs> but jazz is a whole other, a whole other animal. So yeah. yeah. And then and then I started to you know play other you know styles of music. I played into like a Latin jazz band, and then I got into fusion, and then mm. you know, I got into the scoring because I started to write for like a jingle house. Oh really. Yeah. Um, how did you, how did you, so, uh, how did, how did that, how did you get into the, the Jingle House? I met a guy at a party who was friend, who, who knew someone that uh, this girl I was dating knew and his mm. name was Jamie Lamb and he had a, a Jingle House called Fearless Music, which was big back in the 90s, late 90s, you know, mm. and uh, I met him and then I just became friends with him and I said, you know, I'd love to try it out. You know, because I was looking for other ways to make money doing this, aside from just playing in bands. And I wanted to do this full time. So, you know, I had heard that the best way to do this was to write music for advertisements, you know, and for film and TV. Um, so he he was nice enough to, like, hook me up. And then I wrote a couple things for him and didn't go. But then I did get my first one that went through. I think it was an ad for, like, Pabst Beer or something. <laughs> And it went on the radio and I made money. And then I did another one for Burger King. And oh, wow. Yeah, and I started making money and like checks were coming in. It was like, I was like, 
wow. Isn't that like crazy? Like, you know. It was insane. <laughs> I kept on getting checks for months and it just wouldn't stop. I was like, well, okay. As a musician, that's like, you know, that's like the, like a gold, like that's like a, like it's almost in a perfect situation storm. Cause yeah. like the, the one thing that musicians and filmmakers have in common is the, is making money, trying to figure out a way of turning that talent into capital that you can live off. Absolutely, man. And it's not easy to do it. So when you start to get a lot of checks that they just keep on like rolling in and you're paying, that's the Holy grail. That's, that's, that's it, man. And it was, it was awesome. So I kept on doing it and then I wanted to expand and then I started to speak with filmmakers and see about working on that. And then I got more and more into, you know, how music supervisors work. And those are the people who place your songs into films and shows on television. And then I started to go to more events and meet mm. music supervisors. And then, yeah, I mean, it's a long road, but mm. I got there, you know, and it's, it's all networking, man. It's all I'm going to yeah. say. Yeah. I would imagine, especially for what you do, because it's such a specialized um, thing yeah. and there's not really, um, at least not, directly there's not really a road from college to that unless you specifically are going to a music school or you know you're taking some type of other instruction on the side of sorts absolutely yeah it's um yeah there's no real school for this you know you just have to know people you have to know how to schmooze you know and and you have to be kind of social. I have friends who are composers and they have a really hard time with that. But they have a hard time with, you know, meeting people and selling themselves and schmoozing. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, you know, you have to get over it. Um, I'm not saying that you have to be great at it, but you have to try and go and speak with, you know, you have to go and meet them and have lunch with them or just right. go to the parties and, Right. the events and I know because they're out there there's people looking for you guys like whenever I do I go to an event somewhere um I would I would guess that out of, if I go to 10 events in a week out of those 10 events six of those events I would have met at least one person who mm-hmm. was looking for someone who could do some type of score or yeah. composition for their short short film or their their documentary or their animated you know feature yeah and um they are out there and they're and they're looking for all those actual people and and the best way to meet them is to go to these events you know yeah mixers and stuff and but i know that a lot of people don't like doing it but it's a must um and you have to sell yourself and i know it's you know some people are like well i'm a purist i'm like well yeah Mm, what does that even mean man (laughs) i don't know know, but you do have to sell yourself and you know if you look at like some of the best artists out there like whoever your icon is you know whether it be prince or the beatles or whoever those guys knew how to sell themselves those guys knew how to schmooze they knew how to talk they marketed themselves and they did that very well because they knew that that was just as important as the music. Yep, absolutely. And, Speaking uh, of uh, artists, what <laughs> are there 
you know, as you're kind of growing yourself, were there any artists that you kind of looked towards for, you know, inspiration, inspiration, or, you know, you just really wanted to kind of, you know, follow some of what they were doing or. Oh yeah. Um, I was, uh, we spoke about this once, uh, recently, um, when I was a kid, I saw purple rain (laughs) and I was, uh, I was just mind blown that this guy could not only sing and write great songs, but he could dance. He could play piano, classical piano, but his guitar playing was smoking. His guitar playing was through the roof. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And again, it comes back to how to market yourself. I know that in public, in interviews, you know, um, you know, uh, he was a little bit shy. Yep. Absolutely. But he still went out there and marketed himself. He found a way to do it. So he didn't really like to talk a lot, but he did go on some talk shows and he did do it and he did go out there. But he wasn't shy on stage. I guess no, he was, he was not shy on stage. He was a little shy with talking. And so, but he used that. I mean, he didn't, he didn't let that stop him is my point. Right. So. Yeah. <clears throat> he was definitely like um, a unique personality of sorts, you know, like this dude who was reserved, but only within like, like he knew like, what was necessary he was going to do what was necessary and he wasn't going to let that be his he wasn't going to fail because he failed himself absolutely absolutely so uh yeah and you know that's why i'm always saying you know it's it's so important to just network because it's it's really whom you know you know there are artists out there who are just really honestly not that good and the songs are not good but they made it because they knew how to market and they knew how to, you know, just get themselves out there. Yep. 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 So you, so you you were doing jingles um, and then you started getting into doing more TV and film stuff. Is that, and so um, I was looking at your IMDB. You've done a lot of stuff, dude. And um, I'm just, so it's funny. Um, so you, you know my friend Chris, who hosts the the podcast with me, mm-hmm. and we were talking last night um, about the podcast that we do, and you know we talk about film and we talk about music, and one of the challenges for us was kind of talking like how far we can go with the music side of things, and because there's always this there's amongst us content creators is this um, conversation that goes on behind the scenes about the rights to music and um, how much like you can, you can work with and those things. And so I was curious from your standpoint and your point of view, when you're working with like, obviously your music is being heard on different TV series, different films. Do you ever come across the issues that come like, like how do you handle issues where, um, you know, someone wants to use your music, but in something and how do they, how do they come about trying to get the, the ability to do that? 
So how do they approach me? You're saying, or how do they... yeah? How do they how do they approach you? And then, like, is there like a is there a like a process that's in place for obtaining the rights for your yeah. music? Um, basically, it's um, it starts with relationships with uh, music supervisors who might happen to know. Mm -hmm. So they'll reach out to me and say, "Hey, we need music for this," and they'll send me briefs. Mm -hmm. what they need uh so i'll send them a bunch of stuff that's one way i do it is that mm -hmm. they contact me so i stay in touch with them every now and then just mm -hmm. to see what's going on which are they like the main like are they would they be considered for you kind of like the casting agent in a lot of ways for filmmakers yeah they're kind of like an agent yeah okay. mm -hmm. so they're they're one way of doing it so i stay in touch with them i you know, I nudge them every now and then, what you're working on, what shows are going on. I look on IMDb to see like what shows are going to be starting in the fall, mm -hmm. what's going to be starting in the spring, and I know that they're going to need music, so I contact the music supervisor of that show okay. and think, hey, I'd love to work on that show. That's one way I do it. Another way I do it is that I write for music libraries. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I, uh, I have a couple of music libraries that I work with uh, very closely. So I give them a lot of stuff. They send me briefs. We need this and this. And they place it for me. Oh, interesting. So that's how I make my um, royalty money. Um, okay, I got you. Through ASCAP. So, and then they send me every quarter, they send me statements. And it's itemized. Everything that I've had placed is itemized. When it was aired, you know, what show, for how long, how many minutes, or right, right, right. Seconds. Do and you um, do you pay attention to like um, do you pay attention to how certain songs do like how they how they do across different things like oh, absolutely this song is being is more in demand than, than this song and that kind of oh, thing. yeah yeah whenever I watch a show I listen to the songs mm. that are on there and I always see a trend I see a pattern and it changes over the years right you know? So I see, I, I listen to what's going on mm -hmm. and uh, <clears throat> what's happening now is interesting because vinyl is making a comeback big time. I'm hearing a lot of like, they're doing a lot of like retro sounding stuff. Um, we watched that movie, which actually, you know, it came out last year, but we watched that movie um, Hotel Artemis last night. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not the greatest movie, honestly, but the soundtrack was great. The soundtrack. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I'll have to make a mental note of that. Um, so, yeah, kind of this retro sound. So, yeah, so in answer to your question, yes, I listen to what is actually trending. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you have a preference for what the kind of projects that you like to work on? Like, you know. Yeah, I like to do, um, I was doing stuff for a while for uh, CSI New York. Which, yeah, I see that. Um, which that show does not exist anymore, but I do like uh, the crime drama stuff. I like mm. that a lot. Um, I've been doing that a lot. I also write for um, a show on the History Channel called um, American Pickers. It's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's a reality show about these guys who go around, who drive around uh, the entire country and they buy old junk and then they... Um, like refurbished it and then like resell it. Oh, interesting. Okay. So they go to like junkyards. So it's, it's an interesting show, but 
that music is fun to do because it's really simple. It's like simple Americana folk stuff. So I can just mm-hmm. like, you know, I can play my guitar and play bass and I can crank out three, four of them in, in like a day. Mm-hmm. So I send them out a lot. So, and those reality shows pay a lot because they air again and again and again. Yeah, that's true. You must get a, a fair amount of residual from that. A lot because they air like four times a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they air like every other, like three days, the same episode airs again. And then internationally, it does well. Mm-hmm. Um, international money I get is good too because it airs in Germany. It's big in France for some reason, um, like Switzerland and Sweden. Wow. So they love it. Yeah, reality shows are big. I'm also doing stuff for 90 Day Fiance and for all these crazy shows. On <laughs> so 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Oh man, that is that show. If you want, <laughs> that is some trippy stuff, man. Really? Oh, I'll tell yeah. You. yeah. Making mental notes for all of this information. Yeah. If you want, if you want to be entertained, watch a show called Ninety Day Fiance. It's on. Um, it's on TLC. <laughs> so I do some of the music for that. So <laughs> yeah, reality shows are big, as I said, because because they air so much. Right. Money off of them. Yeah. What's your, um, what's a project that, what, what would be like a dream project for you to do? Like if there was like, um, mm. what, what would be like a dream project that you'd want to try out? One thing I've been, I've been doing, which, which I'd love to do is, um, I mean, I've scored a bunch of films. I'd love to keep do you know, I, I'd love to keep scoring films, of course. Right. Um, one thing I'd love to really do is to work with, um, uh, there, there are a bunch of filmmakers that I'd love to just, you know, try to just work with. And mm. I met them through, I've sort of met them a couple of times, but you know, it hasn't really, really happened, you know? Mm. Uh, but some, some films I'd like to actually do, but mostly I'd love to do um, the theme for like a television show. Oh. I haven't done a theme yet. I've done a lot of background stuff, but to do a main theme would be amazing. Yeah, that's, yeah. Is that, does that, um, is that, would that be different than, like, from a royalty standpoint than, say, a, you know, the background music? It would be a lot more, yeah, because it's it's a theme, so it's a higher rate card. It's a higher rate. And because it's a theme... Uh, not only is it higher paying, but it'll air all the time, right? Uh, because it's the opening. So you would get paid for that each time it airs as well. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's why I like doing um, um, all these uh, reality shows because every time it airs, I make money. That's insane. I mean, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I know guys who've been doing this for years. I know guys that. I'm making over a hundred grand a year doing this. Uh, I'm in the wrong business. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it it pays well, you know. But you just have to you just have to really do it a lot, and you have to right. really crank it out and do it. Right, 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 right. So. Are you um, are you still, you know, do you still play just to play um, as well, or could? Like, yeah, uh, every now and then I do gigs. Uh, I, I okay. Yeah, every now and then. I used to play a lot. I used to play in bands. I used to gig a lot. I used to you know, tour with bands. But mm-hmm. 
lately I haven't done much. And then obviously since this whole pandemic started. Sure. The last gig I did was in December or yeah, of last year I did a gig. So yeah, I'll do it again if it's something that's, you know, that I'm really, really into, but uh, I haven't really done it much anymore. I, um, I prefer to write really. Mm. Do you, yeah. um, uh, are you, um, are you working on anything right now that you are? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, actually, um, uh, a composer friend of mine named Mark Roos, um, who's like super talented, he, he and I have actually joined forces to form um, our own um, music uh, production company called uh, Cutting Room Music. Hmm. Uh, so we just formed it. So it's uh, cuttingroommusic.com. So we're working on a bunch of things. Um, just scored um, an Australian film, which should be coming out, I think, on Netflix in August or July, I want to say. So we just scored that. And we recently just did something that's on Amazon Prime right now. It's a show called Trending Crimes. Trending Crimes. It's on Amazon Prime. It's actually a British joint African and actually British show. It's based, oh. uh, yeah, it's like a British production company. I think it was BBC, but it's filmed in Ghana, in Africa. Oh, wow. And it's about a, um, an investigator in Ghana who's like, you know, foiling these crimes, which, which have been trending. Mm. So, and they're based on real stories, but they actually dramatize them, so... And yeah, it's on Amazon like right now. So yeah, so we did it. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I scored the film. Mark did most of the scoring on that one, but it's done under our production company, which again is called you know, Cutting Room Music. So that's so cool. Yeah, um, we're very excited. You're. Uh, I mean, you, how long you guys just got together? So I, I assume that there's. You guys are just scratching the surface of the things you guys will be doing coming coming down yeah. the road, obviously. Right? Yeah, these are our two first projects. So we just started this like a few months ago, and uh, we were we were planning like launch parties and all this stuff, but then you know, yeah, this whole, this whole madness started with right. you know with this with this pandemic. So now we're kind of just waiting. We still have some jobs actually coming up, but in terms of the real marketing and the push. We're kind of waiting until things get a little better and open up, and then we'd like to throw a party and have sure. some of that, you know, attend some events and network, but can't really do that now. So, right, 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 right. So, you know, speaking of of things being different, how different is it for you from uh, an industry standpoint from New York versus LA? I mean, uh, how do you, uh, how do you find it? You know, so a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people have been asking me that. And there's, there's, there's obviously more work here. I'll be honest. Uh, okay. there's, there's a lot more work here. Um, okay. Not to say that there's not work in New York. I've done very well there. I've lived in New York and there is work, but right. it's, it's more out here. No doubt. Um, mm. As soon as I got out here, I went to a lot of the events um, networking parties there's so many of them one of them is with uh, a guy whom you know erman oh yeah sure yeah uh but many others so as soon as i got here i was definitely seeing more work so um 
I, I'm curious, though, like, so when you, like, so I also at one point made the transition to, I was out there for a little bit and then I came back. And I'm, but it was years and years ago. And I'm curious, do you feel like there are more, I hate saying this because I love New York, but sometimes mm-hmm. like people have told me that when you go out to LA and you're going to these networking events, mm-hmm. that the people who are in the room are a little bit like, they are like a step above in the industry. Like they're at a more working level of the industry versus a lot of beginners come are here in New York and yeah. oh absolutely uh when I first got here um I noticed that immediately because mm-hmm. I was going to a lot of events in New York mm-hmm. and I met some great people and I love right. everybody there. uh right. but it was like you know oh I'm working on this web series in New York oh I'm working on this indie film right but I started going to events here and it's like Matthew McConaughey was like standing there and then right. another guy's like oh I'm doing some editing for Spielberg and it was it was just another level right, like, right. wow I was like okay well, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little intimidating so yeah. yeah so it's it's a difference between going to the events here or the events in New York it's just another level yeah it is it's crazy and when I was out there it was crazy because <clears throat> I I happened I just like I was like was with a friend of mine and we were driving cross country. We weren't even planning on going there. We were just driving the country, just going to drive cross and then come back. And then we got stuck out there. Our car broke down in Arizona and oh. I ended up having to take this like really weird job in order to make money so I could get from there uh-huh. to California so we can make it back to New York. And <laughs> I, um, I knocked on the door of this condo and um, this guy came to the door and, you know, I was selling magazines and um, he bought a couple magazines. He goes, you know, for a dude who's so hardworking, you, he's like, you know, this, you should be doing something else. And we got to talking and I told him that I was you know, interested in getting into special effects. And he's like, well, this is your lucky day because I just happened to own one of the biggest special effects companies in California and he offered me a job right there on the spot. And I feel like that doesn't happen in New York. That's, you know, no, it doesn't, it doesn't happen in New York. No, it does not. And uh, it was funny to, 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 to and what's funny is the next door that I knocked on after that happened to be um, Heather Locklear's house. Wow, there you go. I met her too. And uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was good. New York, I love New York. But um, yeah, yeah, there's a little bit of a difference. Yeah, I mean, if you you ask me personally as a city, which one do I prefer? Of course, I love New York. New York is the greatest city in the world. Yep. Um, Yeah, LA does not even come close. I think New York, what you do is like I think what you do is you go out to LA, you you establish your 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 career, you get things going, kick it kick in the gear, and then once you're going steady, then you can move back to New York because at that point that it doesn't it, matter. That is exactly my plan. Oh, cool! Yeah, that is exactly what I'm doing. Um, yeah, I'm going to be out here a few years and then mm-hmm. uh, 
I'm going to get what I can. And then, uh, yeah, I may go back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most likely. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah. So what composers do you like, do you like enjoy, you know, their careers or have kind of looked at them and said, I want to do that. Well, it started uh, when I was a kid. I saw um, a movie called uh, Chariots of Fire. Oh, Chariots of Fire, yeah. Yeah, it won, uh, won Best Picture in 1981, 82. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was a kid when I saw it, um, and the music just blew me away. I was like, what, what is yeah. it? It was amazing. It was just synthesizer stuff, and I looked it up, and it was a guy named Vangelis. Yeah. And, and then um, I got the album. Actually, my mom bought the album because she loved it. And I listened to that thing over and over. And I was like, you know what? And then I went to see the movie again. Mm. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Because Mm. I was amazed at how he captured the moment of the film. And at the time, a lot of people didn't like the score because the the film is set in the 1920s in England. So a modern synthesizer electronic score was not really fitting. Right. It really wasn't. It was kind of weird. But he made it work. It's still one of the most um, recognizable yeah. title tracks around. That famous, you know. Uh, but it worked. He made it work, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and that amazed me. I was like, that's what I want to do. Just the way he conveyed every scene, every moment, every emotion. He mm-hmm. captured it with, with a synthesizer. No orchestra, yeah. no real yeah. instruments. It was all yeah. synthesizer. And yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it didn't take away from the fact that it was 1920 in England. You know. Yeah, Which, I mean, the I remember, you know, being, you know, when I was growing up, you know how ever it is, when like, if you ask people um, who grew up in the 70s, um, who, like, if you ask a filmmaker, uh, who grew up in the seventies, who their, you know, inspiration was nine times out of 10 is going to be George Lucas or Spielberg or somebody, you know, most likely George Lucas. But I think a lot of that comes to like, I think John Williams kind of is attached to that situation as well. And I always thought about like how impactful, how important it is to have the right composer for your film because I, it, it takes it from being a, like a good film to a film that is memory, remembered for all time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, a score, a soundtrack, you know, can really, really make that happen. Mm. Um, it, can, it can take a film that's kind of so-so and make it really powerful. Mm. And, take a brilliant film and just make it even iconic. Yeah. We, we, I watched the shining again recently Mm. and that music is just so hot. That's such a creepy, yeah, it's such a creepy music. It's just completely, you know, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And you know, a lot of other, you know, uh, a lot of other, I mean, I love what Hans Zimmer does. Mm. Um, Another composer I love is one who unfortunately passed away about two years ago. His name was um, Johan Johansson. Oh, yeah, sure. 
yeah, he did the music for uh, The Arrival. He did the yeah, music yeah, yeah. for uh, you know, Sicario. I don't know if you remember that movie. Yeah, Sicario, sure. Uh, and I met him, actually. I met him at, a, oh. um, at an event. It was a year before he died. You know, I shook his hand. I spoke to him. And brilliant guy. The music he did was incredible. But unfortunately, he died a year later, um, mm. which was very, very sad. Um, but yeah, no, he, he definitely inspired me a lot. There's, um, we're, so we're, you know, my other podcast, we're, we are actually discussing right now a new project that, cause we want to do composers at some point. And, um, I think we're talking about like all these different composers that, um, that we could potentially, um, do like, uh, Terrence Blanchard. Um, nice. Uh, oh, um, what's the dude um, that did Good, Bad, and the Ugly? Um, Sergio. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, Morricone. Um, and Neil Morricone. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, like there's all these different great composers. Like when you first, when you, like you, when you think about it, there are a lot of really just these guys who just, and they, and, and the funny thing about it is that they've done, they're like these dudes who, when you hear them, um, like maybe you know them from something like a movie, but then you look at their, their, their list of things that they've worked on and they've done commercial, they've done TV and they've done, you know, all these other like uh, corporate projects and, and you don't pay things that sometimes you don't pay attention to, but then as you go back and you listen to them, you're like, Oh, this is Mm -hmm. really good. My God. (laughs) It's, I always think that um, composers don't get as much credit as they deserve sometimes. And especially when you're doing like you do with, um, you're doing crime crime shows i feel like crime shows are like really important to have really good like composers for because so much is dependent on like it's almost as like for me and maybe i'm wrong i could be wrong for me it's like um science fiction horror crime dramas um are like to me the three categories that it's almost like you just have to have somebody who understands the film absolutely absolutely yeah and and the reason why a lot of them especially for horror and crime shows a lot of the composers don't really get the accolades Mm. in a way is because for that sort of music it's supposed to be background you're not supposed to really make it stand out it's supposed to help the scene so if they sometimes say it's good if you don't even notice the music. Right. Because it was supposed to elevate the scene. You're supposed to be focusing on what's going on. Right. So if you didn't notice it, it's kind of good in a way because Oh, absolutely. It did its job. I know that's hard, a little bit hard to understand, but it did its job. And that's different. So that's score as opposed to soundtrack or a soundtrack right. a song. That right. You have a song film. That's different. Right. Right. So it's yeah, that's why we don't get as much accolades as you know. Unless you're working with Michael Mann, in which case, you know, yeah. 
yeah. he's or you're doing or you're doing a musical or you're doing or, a, or you're doing a musical which a, you know, a fun movie that has some great songs in it then that's different because then then at that moment the song is meant to stand out it's meant to mm. be in your face yeah 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 as opposed to uh, a scene when like someone is robbing a bank and it should just be like a background with eerie and how do you do that? How, how, so how, like, how do you do it? Like how, like, what's the process of you going in, like, there's a, you're scoring show or a composing for a show. Do you have to like, is, like, do you, like, I've seen um, a couple sh- TV show, a uh, couple movies where maybe the scene is about a composer who's composing for something and they're yeah. in, is it, similar to what they try to like show on these shows where you're actually watching the actual TV show while you're playing and absolutely. Yeah. So they'll send me, if I'm scoring a scene, he'll send me just the scene as a quick time file. (laughs) I'll just send it and then I'll watch the scene. Sometimes we'll do, what is called a spotting session, which is where we'll sit down or I'll speak with the filmmaker on the phone. And he'll be like, he'll, sometimes they're very specific and they're like, I want this, I want this, I want this. Sometimes they don't know what they want. Right. And that's when, you know, I have to make my own decisions there. So I watch the scene, I see what's going on and then I try to capture that emotion, really understand what is going on. And, you know, so I prefer to watch the whole episode to really understand what is going on, to know the character. Um, one composer, I don't, I don't remember who it was, he said something interesting. He said, when you're scoring a scene of a man who's, let's say, he's just like running, right. you don't score him just running, you score why he's running. Right, right. Is he just jogging? Is he running for his life? Is he going after somebody? Is he being chased? You know, all of it. Or is he chasing someone, right? Yeah. Because it's a completely different motivation and, of course, totally. the yeah. intensity or yeah. lack or thereof. Just, right. Or maybe he's just jogging. <laughs> right. right. Which is a totally different thing. So, yeah. So, I, as I said, I, I, I speak with the filmmaker and then I get there. You know, first I have to see what they want. Mm-hmm. This is their baby. And at the end of the day, it'll be what they want. So, uh, but a lot of times they don't know what they want. Yeah, I feel like that happens with a lot of independent artists. Sometimes they, yeah, they don't, they don't know exactly what they want, so they kind of lean on you to your experience in the in the doing that. Yeah, and when that happens, um, I try to give them at least two or three different pieces. Right. So they have something to choose from. And then we have a starting point. He'll be like, well, I didn't really like that one, but I kind of like this one. I like where that's going. Let's move in that. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole I feel like um, there's a lot, like, it's almost a little bit like, um, so for me as a filmmaker, um, sometimes what I'll do is I will, I, as I'm watching TV or as I'm watching film, whatever, I will um, take note of, certain things within the scene um, to, because like maybe I'm watching something and I go, I really like how the scene has been blocked and I love how, mm-hmm. it, you know, the, the, the 
color choices that they used and all of the things they used in the scene to kind of um, create a certain mood. So I'll make yeah. a note of that mm-hmm. that I can potentially use for something else down the road. And I, I would assume, and to me, music like music to me is is probably for me the second most important part of my film because I write. I like and when I write, I write to music. I the music puts me in the mood for what I'm trying to do. That's a great point. I'm glad you said that because a lot of people, unfortunately, don't see it that way. But yeah, I see it that it's 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 extremely important. Um, yeah. The music is extremely important. Uh, whether it's just a little bit of music or it's just like a little hint, uh, mm. even if it's just sound design. Remember. Yeah. There are some films that have not had any any music at all, and right. that was equally equally as powerful. Um, what was that film that won? I think it was two thousand eight or two thousand. It was a uh, one best picture. It was called No Country for Old Men. Oh, No Country for Old Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing film. Yeah. There's no score. There's no music. <laughs> There's no music. There's not one note of music in that entire film. And yeah. I read that they had a, that they, uh, I think it was Coen Brothers. They, they had a, a, it was, it was a very, very hard decision for them. Uh, They decided to not actually do it. I think they tried some, you know, they tried some temp music and it wasn't working. So point is, even the absence of it, of Mm -hmm. music can work. I mean, yeah, I mean. I can't imagine that film with the music. If it, it totally changes the 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 character's intensity, you know. Yeah, and it shows you how you know how genius they are because I think they tried it. I think they did actually play some music in there, and it just wasn't working. It just wasn't you know for some reason. So you know, sometimes it, you know it's not like necessary. The, just as when I'm scoring a film, the, this last film I scored there were a couple scenes that just really didn't need it. And, and the you know, filmmaker called me. He's like, you sure you don't want anything there? I'm like telling you, I was like, Neil, you don't need it there. It doesn't need anything there. Very powerful moment. And the dialogue is very important. You need everyone to listen to what this guy is saying in the scene. It's one of those right. like, really, really pivotal scenes where it explains everything. Right, right, right. So it's like, you need everyone to shut up and really, really listen. So, um, so I convinced him to not have music in that moment. See, that's 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 where experience comes in when you have that in the again understanding it's the it's the it's um you know i i i studied color theory when i was in college and to me color is a lot like sound where the when you understand the psychology behind it and it's how it can how it can manipulate emotion, then mm-hmm. you can understand what its removal from that situation also affects. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And yeah. uh, yeah. that's a powerful thing. Oh, yeah. And then when you combine them, you know, the sound um, and color, I mean, mm. yeah, what you have is magical. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Very important. Yeah, um, I believe that having the right color can change everything. You know. And, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if you if you if you if you pair music and color, 
And it's a, like, you know, um, yeah. it wasn't a great movie, but there was a good effective use of color in, um, in Suicide Squad to some degree. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, uh, and I think, you know, speaking of Michael Mann, he, he does a great job of kind of using, using tones and colors and music at the same time to kind of convey the heaviness of the, of the moment or, you know, so, Absolutely. you know, with, when he did with Miami Vice, it was literally, you know, him basically using those three things to kind of show off, you know, like the, you know, the heaviness, the playfulness, the, the, the confusion mm -hmm. and the, you know the uh, the unusualness of these Miami Miami detectives, and, and uh, mm -hmm. but that was he he's you know there are like a few guys who do it really well. I thought he I think he does it pretty yeah. well for the most part. Yeah, no, Michael Mann is yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Are there directors would you would are there any directors that you would want to you know want to pair with at some point oh man i mean <laughs> i think i think anybody who scores films will say that they'd love to do a spielberg film oh yeah oh yeah I would, oh yeah i would i would love that uh anything george lucas yeah i mean you know um yeah have, you, have you seen um the man mandalorian yes i have i have actually yeah, I really think the I think they do a fantastic job with the music on that show. Oh, it's incredible! Yeah, absolutely. Just absolutely. an unusual, um, like I don't I don't know if I would have thought about it the way they thought about making this kind of like this space western and having this music be kind of like this. It's it's like a western styled music but it's futuristic and i just like very simple you know absolutely yeah it was a really really interesting um spin-off of the whole like star wars thing you know and it's it's really interesting what they've been doing with these like side like star wars things now that the whole the whole saga is over now yeah um, now they're finding other like little things, which is very, very interesting. And I'm sure that'll keep on going. I don't think that'll stop. So. Now, so I'll tell you about this idea that me and Chris were talking about and no one can steal it. Um, <laughs> but we, so you know how Marvel does, does has like their MCU, um, their Marvel universe and stuff. Yeah. And so we were like, why hasn't anybody put together a music universe right. where they do a bunch of different movies, oh. spin-off series with all these different music artists throughout history? Because so we just did it'll be out on Tuesday. We did the movie Cadillac Records, and yeah. you know it's about blues music, Muddy Waters, and there's like all these different under. Uh, these other artists like Little Walter and Etta James, and, right. and um, you know, so they do. And if you see a lot of biopics, they always do like these little crossovers. Ray did it. Um, mm -hmm. Like, why not have like a music universe? That's brilliant. I like it. Let's do it. I'll be happy to help you. <laughs> I'm telling you, that would be huge. Like, you could. I mean, 
No, it's great. I, I would love to see like a prince part part of the universe, you know? Exactly. Where he let's well, let's get started on that because now you just let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> And now some people might steal your idea. So yeah, I know, I know. We're, we we are like, we need to do this because it's a great idea. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Spotify to back it. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah! Absolutely. Actually, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. We may have to have conversations after this podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we may have to have another phone call. After. Yeah, we may have to have another phone call. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I like it. It's very very smart. Yeah. Yeah. You guys thought about this? We were think we we've been thinking about this for the last maybe like six months or so. Oh well, then yeah, time's wasted. Yeah, no, this would this could be the big the big idea that we've been waiting for. Yeah, and now there's a pandemic. Everyone's at home, so uh, now's the time to do it. You know, hmm. um, there's no excuses now. I hear people saying, "Oh, I'm busy." No, you're yeah, not. Yeah, you're not busy oh, now, dude. You're, you're not doing anything. <laughs> We're all at home. We're doing nothing. <laughs> There's no excuses now. Yeah. Well, well let's. Uh, we we may have to kick around this how this would work. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think that would be cool. Um, That's very cool. That's very very smart. So. Um, Great idea. You're so you're you got your new production company going. Are you doing like um. So I saw you have one actor credit. Yeah. Are you yeah. doing any more acting? <laughs> no, 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 no. That was just one little indie film that a friend of mine did. I just, I just did it for fun. But yeah. Mm. yeah. You, I'm looking yeah. to be an actor. Oh, okay. Just making sure you're not, because you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if somebody asks me to do it, I'll do it for fun. If it's a, a small part, sure. But mm. I'm not, I'm not trying to make a whole career out of it. Well, don't worry. I, I I was an actor. It wasn't all that was wrapped up to be. So yeah, no, I yeah, it's rough. <laughs> but uh, would you produce? Sure. Yeah. Because I could I could see you doing producing. Yeah. Um. I actually I I I'm actually in very very interested um uh, in doing that because I'm doing a lot of stuff on the business end. I'm also doing some uh music supervision work. So I've been oh hired cool. Yeah, I've been hired as a music supervisor for a few um, indie films in the past, and I loved it. So I loved working with the, you know, with the actual producer and the process. So yeah, I would actually produce if the opportunity came up. So nice. Yeah. Um, well, do we still have to have you back on our pot, the other podcast? So oh, actually, for, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think we're gonna do ruin. Was was the whole audio like ruined? The whole middle is gone, dude. What? Yeah, I was just like, I wonder what happened. I have no clue, and I'm like a little annoyed by that. I, I was halfway through editing, and then I noticed there was a flat line through it, and I'm just like, why is it? And it was just, I was like, what the hell? That is strange. Yeah. yeah, we had a good, uh, a nice little conversation there about that. It was, it was a really good conversation. That's okay. It's okay. We'll have to do it again. We we'll just, just have to do it again. Hey, you know what? At and we'll make it better. We'll Prince and Prince, I can I can watch Purple Rain a million times. I have no problem with it. You know what? 
if we do it again, it'll be better because I haven't seen the film in a long time. So I will uh, watch it. I'll watch it again just to get a fresher take on it again. Because nice. it's okay. years since I've seen it. Well, so, we'll figure out like real, actually probably soon um, to do it. Yeah, because then I will um, remember more details then. And then I'll look at it again, you know, cool. like fresh eyes and then see it again. So. Hey, did, uh, real quick, did you, uh, are you a basketball fan? Yeah. Have you, did you get to watch uh, Last Dance at all? No, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, we've been trying to. Um, have you seen it yet? Oh, I saw all of it. Yeah. I was quite taken. Is it, is it really, really good? Oh, it's really, really good. Okay. It's probably, this might be the best sports documentary I've ever seen. Is it only on ESPN? Is it only? It is, yeah. I think now they um, they have it for on VOD on their 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 new ESPN platform online. Okay. So I might because I don't have ESPN. I might have to just get it on my. Yeah. Yeah, Charles. Though I'm I'm sure that Disney will figure out another way for people to get it because. Yeah, I'm sure it'll eventually be on Amazon or something. It's. Oh yeah. Sure. It's definitely yeah. good, yeah. and um, it's cool. actually a good soundtrack to it too. We we may decide to figure out some way of doing um, doing a review of that or something. So, is it just like three episodes or four, or is it? No, it's ten. What? Yeah, it's ten. Are they an hour each. There are about yeah, they're about an hour each. Yeah, so it's ten hours. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy so good. To watch it, right? What's that? Did you like binge watch it? No, I just watched every week when it was on TV. So um, it was like, because they would do is like, they did two episodes each each week on, I think it was Friday nights. They would do two episodes each Friday night for the last five weeks. Yeah. So, uh yeah, because I don't, I don't have the um, their on-demand ESPN platform. I wasn't paying for it, gotcha. so I figure I better watch it on their yeah. regular channel while they're. At. And and what was cool about it, they didn't, um, they didn't, um, they didn't censor it at all. So oh, okay, you know, they they provided like a like a PG version on ESPN two, and then the regular version on ESPN. So, cool. to get yeah, a chance, highly recommend checking it out. See. Yeah, I, I may just get ESPN because I don't know how long it'll be until it's on Amazon. But mm. Yeah, I'll look into that. Yeah, man, that's great. Yeah. Right. Well, dude, you know, if you're doing, when you're doing stuff, definitely keep me on what's going on because yeah. you do some good stuff, dude. And I'm a big fan. Thanks, likewise, man. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I like this. I like this format. I like. I like the whole thing. I like the shirt. I like the microphone. <laughs> My background is not as interesting, but I hope there's enough light on me. Am I? Am I like, like a little dark here for the show? Oh, you're fine. Well, I'm not. I'm. I'll only be publishing out the audio. The video we're going to do something with as well. Something, oh, but okay. yeah, it looks. Good. So this will just be audio then. For the, yeah, initially just the audio, oh, but well, I'll probably put the, some snippets of the video online awesome. to promote it. So, very cool. Well, thanks um, for having me, man.
where can people follow you on social media? Uh, well, my uh, Instagram is my last name, Tsilim Paris, T-S-I-L-I-M-P-A-R-I-S. Yep. Uh, you can hear the work I do with my new production company called CuttingRoomMusic.com. Cool. And that's uh, you know, one more thing. I'm not going to say what it is, but you probably, because I don't want to put you out there like that. Uh-oh. But I was doing some background research, and there was a little article about Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to go no further than that, but I my, my mouth dropped, and I was like, okay, play it, okay. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I knew her in high school. Well, that's so cool. So, uh, yeah. Um, Wait, she went to high school with you? Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't so know she was. From, she's from New York. Oh yeah, she was. Um, she actually grew up on the Upper West Side. It was like ninety oh, second in Broadway or ninety second in Amsterdam or something. I can't remember. Small uh, world. Yeah, Small and then um, yeah, I knew her then, and then you know, so over the years, they always try to like get in touch with people who knew her in high school, and they mm. found some photos. Of, they found some photos of me and her, and. You know, you know, it's amazing how media can just find things that, yeah. you know, just found this stuff. Um, yeah, that article, I never even spoke to anybody about that. I never even said any of this. Stuff. It's just, it really? just shows you, yeah, it just shows you how they just like, you know. Oh, see, that's um, not right. Well, I spoke to a friend of mine who spoke to, you know, you know, I think it's this. I spoke to a friend of mine who had spoken to someone who called them. And they told, and they said what I said, and then it went. So it just shows you, you know, this this is why anybody who's famous has to be really careful, like what they say. Yep. You say one wrong thing, and it gets. Things stay forever on the internet, man. Yeah. So uh, it just shows you. I mean, yeah, I didn't even say that stuff. And I was just like, (laughs) I I saw this in the magazine, and everyone's calling me, like, dude, what's I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, uh, you do realize I was in seventh grade. That was seventh yeah, grade. Like, I know, I know. And making it into this like romantic. It's like, se- I were like eighth grade. Like, yeah. Like, what? what? <laughs> like, how serious can you be about anything in, you know, in grammar school, high school? Give me a break. <laughs> I, I had like, and like no attention span at that age, you know, at all. Um, mm. You know, I still don't. But anyway, <laughs> none of us do anymore. It's just suck that part of our brains out. So oh, yeah, with with all the with all the shows on television and the social media, and you know, I find myself sitting on a couch watching a movie on my phone, watching mm-hmm. while I'm like emailing and texting and talking to my wife, and I'm just like. That's exactly what, what I'm, I'm doing. Anything anymore. <laughs> we got phones and laptops and TVs, and I'm doing multiple things all at the same time. Always. Yeah. That's why, like, on days like this, when I can just do nothing, I try to yeah. do nothing where I can because every yeah. other day is because, yeah, and just maybe have a Zen moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. So, in fact, while we were doing this, my wife just actually sent me <laughs> sent me a text. She's in the other room. She's oh. like literally like four feet away in, in the other room, <laughs> and she sent me a text. 
Dose it on. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, my, um, when we were doing uh, our last podcast, um, Chris's fiance was in the next room too, and she was texting him as well. So bizarre. It's all good. It's bizarre. I mean, when I was a kid, it was yelling, you know, from the other room. Yeah. No. What are you doing? Get out of here! <laughs> no. Yeah, that was the that was the new that was the old text. That was the old text. Just yell because I can't. Just yell out the window. Call. Yell down the hall. Yell in the next room. Exactly. Yeah. Now, now it's a text. Now so. it's a text. Oh man. Yeah. Well. Well, so I know, man. Are you okay? With, I mean, have you been me? going out? Have you been? I don't go out that often. I go out when I when I need something. I'm actually going to take a walk in a few minutes. Wear a mask. Oh, always. Yeah, that's that goes without saying. So um, until such time as, you know, which probably won't be anywhere near like now. So, I mean, it, um, it's, things are starting to open up here a little bit. Yeah. They, they made an announcement that they're going to try to open up some of the Hollywood productions next month. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they better because... I know. Yeah, because, I mean, that's... I mean, they're already pretty behind the eight ball now, but... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they talked about how they're going to do it, and, you know, they still... Everyone has to wear a mask. It's going to be hard to do it because there are scenes with actors, and so they're going to try and do it in a way where they're going to try and take care of the scenes where there aren't actors first and get that out of the way and then mm. wait things move along, leave that for later, just to keep things rolling. Right. So they're gonna do exterior shots, they're gonna do, you know, editing post stuff. Right. Just to keep the ball rolling. And then hopefully they're gambling on the fact that maybe by July things will get good enough that they can shoot a scene with an actor where he doesn't have to wear a mask. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. You know, do do the things you can do now, and then hopefully by at some point you can. If the numbers go down, yeah. Which I've heard, but the numbers in New York are going down a little bit. Yeah, they they're talking about um, <clears throat> opening a couple of different sectors. I think in the next two weeks or three weeks from now, like um, construction. Um, okay, that's a couple good. Of, things retail for only ta- um curbside service so well, i mean it's that'll help help with the economy a little bit and get business yeah. going yeah it's, it's it's really gonna be incremental things man i mean i i don't even if they decided to open the city up completely i don't think it'll be the same anyway so yeah i don't know there there's so many things that need to be figured like even my um my daytime gig there, you know, they're, they're, I mean, rumors and whispers that we probably won't go back to the office until September or October. Yeah. But they still have to figure because we are, our, our office is an open floor plan um, space. Right. So they obviously think that's pretty risky considering. So yeah. I don't know what they plan on doing to alleviate that situation. Yeah, I hate to say this, but uh, New York will not be the same again after this. No, it definitely won't. It's um, absolutely a lot, of people, won't. a lot of people are leaving. I know a lot of people who are leaving 
New York because of the situation. And, you know, and of course, just the cost of being in New York is just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so many people I know have, like, uh, these two or three people I'm really close with have just relocated. One relocated to West Virginia. The other one went back to Wisconsin. The other one went back to Tennessee. I'm just like, yeah. I mean, the cost now, and now there's no work there. It's just, oh, man. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work out either because it can't, I mean, yeah, that's good. It, yeah, it's, well, this you is, can't pay your rent if you can't pay your rent and your phone bill. It's like, yeah, what, you know, <laughs> what are you gonna yeah. do? It's funny because I moved from Central Jersey two years ago back into the city, and because I, you know, but it seems like now everybody's doing the reverse. That everyone's moving from New York City into where I used to live. So, right, which. Yeah from a money standpoint, makes a lot of sense. So it's just, yeah, it, it's going to change, you know, New York a lot. It's going to be very different. When I go back at some point, it's going to be a very, very different city. So. I don't yeah. Know. I spend a, a great amount of time right now trying to um, think about the future of what I'm going to do next. So. Yeah. Yeah. But you're still working though, right? Oh yeah, still working. Yeah. All right, well, that's good. That's yeah. great. You're um, you got money to pay your rent and everything. I have friends who are actor friends. Yeah. In New York, I don't want to mention names, but they right. are broke in their apartment, drinking all day because they're so depressed and they're crying. Yeah, I have a few of those too. So. And they're like, I haven't paid rent for March, April, and May. I can't pay for June. Right. They're going to not force me to pay it, but later I'm going to have to pay this back. Right. It's so all gets extended. So. I'm going to have to fork up fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars $16,000 that I don't have. It does. It's just ridiculous, dude. It's such a <clears throat> ridiculous situation. And there's not really, like, it's just not really a real clear cut solution except for some type of support from the government which as we've seen is yeah iffy at best so it's not it's not good it's not good at all but i'm hoping that something good will come out of it i we need another stimulus check that's what we need well they're talking about it they said though it it could be as as much as 20 months away Hey, did you get your twelve hundred bucks? Twelve hundred bucks, yeah. Oh, yeah that I helps got... nobody. No, in, 12, yeah, in, in 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 twenty months. <laughs> come on, twenty months is almost two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that that's yeah. So yeah, I got my twelve hundred, and it was like that's 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 like peanuts. Come on, the twelve hundred won't even pay for most people's rent. No, in New York, forget it. In New York, that's like <laughs> I don't even know what that is. That's not that, that's not even half of like a lot of like New York rent. Yeah, not even half. So, oh man. Well, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're working, man, and you're doing well. So Me good. too. And uh, you know, keep strong out there in LA, man. Um, 
stay Dude. safe and um you Dude's know if there's yeah. anything i can uh, help out with let me know we'll do we'll do yeah i'll be in touch man um you know when i when all this is over i'm gonna i'm gonna f- you know, fly back to new york i'd like to spend a few weeks there and uh, mm. you know um we should meet up so. yeah definitely definitely that will be um i'm ho- i'm kind of trying to see what happens like you know i I had planned on going out to LA for um, for uh, the American film market in this fall, but yes, I don't think that's happening. So therefore, I <clears throat> well, I don't know. I don't know. Things are opening up here a lot more than in New York. So they're talking about really trying to open up things here in the fall. So it it possible. It's possible. We'll see. Well, we'll see. I mean, hopefully that's the case. If it is, maybe I'll go. But if not, we'll you know, we'll definitely stay in touch, dude. And, and um, let me know if there's uh, anything going on that you want me to share with the world. Absolutely, I'll be in touch with that. And you let me know when you want to do that other podcast again about Prince. Yeah, I should know about that by tomorrow, probably. That'll be fun. I'm gonna watch it now. See, now I have something to do. I'm gonna watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah watch the movie because maybe we'll do it this week some point in time which like whatever works for you yeah i'm gonna watch the movie again and i'm actually excited about it it'll be fun to see it again so, cool yeah all right um, i will talk to you soon and i'll let you know when this is out thanks buddy I'll see all you right later. be safe later Bye.